This nation was founded by men of many nations and backgrounds. It's founded on the principle that all men are created equal and that the rights of every man are diminished when the rights of one man are threatened. I hope that every American, regardless of where he lives, will stop and examine his conscience about this and other related incidents. This is not a sectional issue. This is not even a legal or legislative issue alone. It is better to settle these matters in the courts than on the streets, and new laws are needed at every level. But law alone cannot make men see right. In every city, in every state of the Union, producing in many cities a rising tide of discontent that threatens the public safety. In a time of domestic crisis, men of goodwill and generosity should be able to unite regardless of party or politics. We are confronted primarily with a moral issue. It is as old as the scriptures and is as clear as the American Constitution. Now the time has come for this nation to fulfill its promise. The fires of frustration and discord are burning in every city where legal remedies are not at hand. Redress is sought in the streets, in demonstrations, parades, and protests which create tension, threaten violence, and threaten lives. We face, therefore, a moral crisis in the country and people. It cannot be met by repressive police action. It cannot be left to increase demonstrations in the streets. My fellow Americans, it seems to me that these are matters which concern us all, not merely presidents or congressmen or governments, but every citizen of the United States. This is one country it has become one country because all of us and all the people who came here had an equal chance to develop their talent. We cannot say that your children can't have the chance to develop whatever talents they have. But the only way that they are going to get their right is to go in the street and demonstrate. I think we owe them and we owe ourselves a better country than that. Those now immortal words of John F. Kennedy, 57 years old at this point. This is the actual 57th anniversary of the day he gave that speech. They're still relevant in 21st century America. They still directly apply to things we're seeing in 2020. We're going to get into that today because there are ideologies that are alive and well. They exist and they're at war. We're going to talk about the idea of an ideology. Can't kill it. How do you deal with it? We're going to get into that. I'm going to make some of you mad. I love giving that heads up to them, hot news. I love telling them. I'm going to say some things in this episode that many of you that love me very much do not want to hear me say. But I want you to listen with an open heart. And when you get an opportunity at the end of this show, I want you to go back and I want you to watch those words from, I want you to watch that opening uh, um, montage, for lack of better words, that collection of images between the 60s and the 21st century today put together by Candice and those words of JFK. I want you to watch them again because you didn't grasp them. It took me 
six times, and I still haven't grasped them. I've listened to it over and over. We're going to have fun today. Hey, listen, even though the country's opening up again, some of us still a little bit leery about being in confined spaces with the public. If you're looking for a great gift idea for Father's Day that's safe and COVID-free, I want you to consider iTarget Pro. Just got a message today, Candace, from somebody on Twitter. They said they bought an iTarget Pro. Now they're buying a second one. They're basically creating a gun range in their garage. They're setting up different lanes for different calibers. Kind of cool and doing it with the kids. Uh, it's a cool way to dry fire train with your gun at home using their proprietary app and a laser bullet convenient safe gonna save you a ton of money on ammunition you, you can't always get out of texas gun experience you can't always get out there uh this dry fire training though is going to help you and you're going to see a difference when you do go to the actual range because it's going to develop muscle memory it's going to help with target reaction speed sight alignment trigger function a whole lot more i target comes in all major calibers that includes 223 and 556 so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm you own so for father's day get 10 percent off plus free shipping with the offer code chad Hey, don't let these circumstances dictate whether or not you get to train. Take back control with iTarget Pro. That's the letter I, targetpro.com. iTargetPro.com. Offer Chad. Stay tuned. one of those episodes where i'm going to rely heavily on my notes because these are things you got to say the right way you don't get a second chance and i have that foot and mouth disease anyway you're not going to use steve as a reference usually you rely on steve and then he fact checks you i don't know that i've ever relied on steve (laughs) although steve does bring up some very profound points in a very steve way true right I'm just going to leave it right there. Y'all keep on. <laughs> is that best. one of those you're not sure if it's a compliment or not? I'm not no, it's sure a compliment. If it is, right? I, I, I do appreciate if Steve, if Steve, if I didn't appreciate Steve's input, he wouldn't be here. No, that's 100% he true. He wouldn't be here. I wouldn't want him here. But I, there's a reason I live my day to day life with Steve. Um, so <laughs> there it is. Uh, I appreciate all of y'all's input. And um, I've sought input. I've sought input. I have talked with a lot of different people. A lot of different walks of life. I've paid attention in the last few weeks of a lot of stuff that's been going on through the COVID nonsense. I say nonsense, just the nonsense we've had to put up with through it. I'm not belittling the virus or people who have suffered with it or anything. This stuff that's gone on with, you know, how the media has manipulated so many things, everything from the Ahmed Arbery situation to, well, you saw yesterday's episode. I diagrammed it out. Well, I was spitting out a mouthful mm-hmm. real fast. There's so many things I could go into with that, but... Uh, now this George Floyd thing, and you know, I, you got to a point where over and over we were tired of talking about COVID. I mean, every day for eight weeks, that's all we talked about on the news. And then now the George Floyd thing. But I don't, I'm not going to focus on George Floyd. You take away your belief, whatever you want to on that, because I want to go a little bit deeper. And hopefully we can solve some problems, Natalie. Maybe <laughs> if you can hear me past this fabulous mustache. Yeah. Oh, it's fabulous. Doc Holiday. It really is horrible. It's okay, though. Look, you can kill a man. You can kill a man. Uh, you can kill a lot of people. You can have a genocide. You can mm-hmm. have a holocaust. You can do all kind of heinous acts. You can kill people of all religions, culture, demographics, races. You can kill a guy by kneeling on his neck for nine minutes. But the one thing you can't kill, the thing that will never die, is ideology. On either side 
No matter where you stand, your ideology is going to outlive all of us. We stand here in the year 2020, 21st century. You would think that we would be a better people by now. And I think in many ways we are. Mm -hmm. But to this day, there are some folks out there. Steve and I were talking about it on the ride in today. There are people out there who still, people that I've crossed paths with in my life, not many. People I've seen, people I've met, and I couldn't believe what I was hearing them say, but people who have a Nazi ideology that runs through their veins who still believe in the, the horrible ideas of the Third Reich. Can't believe that still exists. To this day, you have small pockets across the country of people who still consider themselves KKK, Klan mm-hmm. members. I, nonsense, craziness, but it exists. Why? There's an ideology. Christians all around the world, they're persecuted. They're punished, they're executed, they're martyred for their beliefs. Christianity still exists. Why? Because it's an ideology that outlives the person. It's a powerful thing. It withstands generations for both good and bad mindsets. So if you raise your child, folks, to believe and understand that some people will hate them on the basis of the color of their skin, that they're going to be denied opportunities because of their race or gender, that they're going to economically suffer for their entire lives because the system is out to get them, you're implementing an ideology in your child's mind that will single-handedly change their entire life long before they ever encounter or ever have to experience those things. It's not a law issue that we're facing today. It's not a legal issue. It's not a race issue. It's not a moral issue. This is an ideological war that we're watching. And I want to talk about how do you fight an ideology because you remember back when we went into the Gulf and we want, we started talking about uh, when George W. Bush went back into when he went into Iraq and in after nine eleven, and we said okay we're using conventional means to fight an ideological war, and it's like you're never you can't you can't bomb radical Islam out of terrorists you can't you can't do that, I mean because it's a weird ideology that keeps getting pumped into generation after generation. And ideologies are good in some places, in some places they're bad. But right now, we're in a situation where we feel like America is spinning out of control. Why? Because everybody has this ideology. You know, I joke about it on stage sometimes where I say, you cut somebody, they're going to bleed their own version of red, white, and blue. They're probably wrong, but, you know, they still have a sense of patriotism. That's an ideology. Patriotism is an ideology, regardless of how you interpret it. And so we're sitting here looking at chaos. We're looking at uh, disorder. And it seems to be the order of the day. What did you say to me earlier, Candace? Like, nobody would be, if Tom Petty came back from the dead. Yeah, if Tom Petty came back to life, that wouldn't even make the front cover of any news. Like, that'd be just, like, fifth page in yeah, little sub subheading i posted a thing on my instagram yesterday that said this guy this hunter claims that he got sexually molested by sasquatch in the woods and i mean it's just 2020 i mean why not (laughs) why not godzilla will be here pretty soon uh so we're at a point now where we're sitting there saying oh my gosh you know um this the whole everything is out of control there's a poll out right now that says 80 percent of voters say things are out of control in the u.s that's eight out of ten voters those are scary things um there's something broken in the american mm-hmm. system people don't like to hear that and i know that there are those who watch this show i'm a conservative leaning guy and i know that people say in most people who watch or listen to this show tend to be that way um they think they have all the solutions we think we have all the solutions we don't there's something fundamentally broken here. Um, 
we can look at the Constitution, we can look at the Declaration of Independence, we can look at the Federalist Papers, we can read all the things of the Founding Fathers, but they were still men. They were still faulty men. Mm-hmm. There's still there's still things there. Um, and, and you have these voices. We keep talking about the voices. We talked about it last week, talked about it yesterday. These voices that are influencing people that are just that are just kind of snatching the band-aid off of the ideological ideological wound that's there and just rubbing it, you know, exacerbating the problem. Black lives matter. I mean, I say that different people hear different things when I say black lives matter. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, in some cases, that's an ideology. In some cases, it's a true statement. In some cases, it's a political agenda. Well, how did you hear it? I believe black lives matter. I don't have a problem saying that. Of course, black lives matter. Unborn black lives matter. Blacks killed by black lives matter. Blacks killed by whites lives matter. Blacks killed by cops lives matter. Black lives matter. Elderly black lives matter. They all matter. When it comes to the agenda, when it comes to the ideology of that agenda, where now you have a political scheme and an organization called Black Lives Matter that is fundamentally not American and is not peaceful and is not out there trying to create a solution as much as they are being a voice that rips the Band-Aid off and exacerbates the problem, it is you can you can believe it or not, separate the value of Black Lives from Black Lives Matter movement. That may be a shock to some people listening to this, but you can do that. You know, you're not going to go to hell if you admit Black Lives Matter. It doesn't bother me. That phrase, does that phrase bother you, Steve? No, it doesn't bother me. Black Lives Matter. Black Lives Matter. The phrase doesn't bother me at all, just like hashtag me too didn't bother me at the beginning. I want people to... And I didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. But I want people to relax. I want people to take a deep breath. Mm-hmm. Put down your sacred cows, right? I love the title of the book from years ago, Sacred Cows Make Gourmet Hamburgers. You know, they, they really do. I mean, stop propping these things up that if you, because it's not how you live your life. You don't, I don't go into the restaurant with my ideological flag flying making sure that everybody knows where I stand when I go in the restaurant. I don't need to qualify my waiter or waitress when they serve me. I don't have to do that. They don't do that to me. So, you know, I keep hearing certain things like systemic injustice or systemic racism. What does that mean? People say systematic, systemic. It means that it's something ingrained in the system. It's something that is systematically ingrained. So to me, when I hear systemic racism, especially when it comes to cops, like you say, well, let's defund the police. And I know there are folks out there. I've read it. Okay, so everybody I have people who come at me and they say, look, well, you need to really understand what this whole defund the police thing is. I I get what you're saying. You smart people. I get what you're saying. But you chose a really bad catchphrase. And the people who are ignorant out there running with it in a way that you are not intending at all. But to say because of systemic racism in the police force, what you're in essence saying, and I'm oversimplifying this, so don't at me. I got it. (laughs) Is saying that when cops go to the police academy, they're being taught to target blacks. That they're being taught to go out and basically hunt blacks. They're not. They're not. 
Okay. I think there was probably a time in our history where they were. I'm sure that they were told. I, of course, there was a time in our history where, where they probably said, well, you know, Blackie's going to be the one who does it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. You look at that, that is atrocious. We don't live in that day and age anymore. By and large, men and women do not think like that in this day and age. That generation, I've told you over and over again, you got to interpret a person in light of the times in which they lived. Okay? Times were different in different times. That makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Times were different in different times. But the times were different physically and qualitatively as they were at different times quantitatively. So... (laughs) These days, we, we don't have that. You know, we don't have people that I don't have personal people in my life. You don't. You nope. don't. Who just walk around abjectly saying racist things. Mm-hmm. They won't be my friends. So when I hear systemic jo- racism, there's certain things that, you know, I, like Ben Shapiro and uh, Matt Walsh, they're, they're real quick to come out on the draw and argue against this idea of systemic racism. And those guys are far smarter than me. And I'll let you take away what you want. You know, uh, Heather McDonald wrote a great book called uh, The War on Cops. And she points out, you know, how there's a higher percentage of whites that are killed by cops than blacks. I get all of that. But, but let's just slow down for a minute. All right. You know, there are people out there. I don't know anyone that doesn't feel terrible about the killing of George Floyd. Nobody. All right. But let's set that aside. Let me ask you some questions. We've got three minutes. Let me ask you some questions. We'll see if we can get through them here. Do you believe that millions of black Americans have also bought into a lie about systemic justice? Injustice, I'm sorry. That their anger and pain and frustration are really just manufactured that they have all tacitly agreed on the same false narrative. I mean, really? Do we think millions of black Americans have all been duped? You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Or is there something there? You know, I have people that they say, well, I don't believe in God and I don't believe in Christ. I don't believe in this Christianity you talk about. And I say, well, you know, there's billions of people throughout history who have accepted Christ and had this salvation of faith experience. Oh, no, it's all they're all just having a hallucination. They're all just having some emotional experience. We well, can't say that billions of people throughout history have had the same emotional experience. You can't do that. Just not logical. Well, you can't sit there and say millions of Amer- millions of black Americans across America have just all of a sudden said, hey, guys, guess what? Let's pass this around at parties. Now, there's an ideology that's being shared that's out there. And that ideology, again, can be used by the voices to rip the Band-Aid off the wound that is very, very real and keep exacerbating the wound so that it never heals. That's what we're seeing happen in a big way. I'll just go ahead and summarize it right there. That's what's going to happen. That's what's happening in a big way. But black people aren't brainwashed. I mean, that's, that's asinine to say that. I mean, do we genuinely think they're just making all this stuff up? Of course not. Another question. Do you agree that most people tend to perceive things through the lens of their own experience? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You interpret your life based on where you live in South Lake. <laughs> As I mean, I mean, I could say a lot of things about you, Natalie. You're a beautiful woman. There, you've had you've had a lot of experiences, Dallas Cowboys cheerleader. Of course, you're going to interpret things through your experience. I'm going to interpret. Steve's going to. We, none of us have the same experience, and that's the question. Everybody perceives it. So, if my childhood upbringing was all secure and full of bliss and just happy, then I'm going to think that's the experience of other people. Hmm. Until I meet other people, 
And I'm going to find out that sometimes there, it just wasn't the case with everybody, right? So I can see why Drew Brees with the New Orleans Saints, his perception of the American flag might be different from some of his black teammates, right? I don't have to like his apology, but I can see why there's a difference. I can see why they didn't like it. They have a different perception. I could see why Colin Kaepernick, well, I mean, let me qualify it by saying I think Colin Kaepernick is personally is a piece of shit, but I could see why those who take up that cause believe what they believe. Mm-hmm. Eh, you mad yet? Good. Let's take a break. So, so let me go back and qualify that a little bit. You got, well, I mentioned Drew Brees. Mm-hmm. He's got a perspective. Malcolm Jenkins, who is also a New Orleans Saint, he came out. And he had another opinion, and he had a pretty good response. He explained this. He said that when his grandfathers returned from serving in World War II, they didn't get greeted as heroes the way that Drew Brees' grandfathers were. They had to return to a segregated country where they could get into trouble for even wearing their military uniform in public. Um, let's look at New Orleans for a minute. 2015, there was a report that said African-American households in New Orleans lag across multiple measures of financial security. Medium income among African-American households is only $25,806 annually compared to $64,377 for white households. And there are six times as many African-American households living in income poverty than white households. Um, it, there's other statistics. There's a lot of other things, but... You know, I, I don't have to I can look at that and say there's a discrepancy without buying into the nonsense of white supremacy or white privilege. OK, I can look at circumstantial and cultural and community factors. I can look at genealogical factors. I mean, I can look at, you know, it, it's kind of, I mean, imagine uh, let's say we laugh about your ancestry yes. and your kin folks. Yep. You know. I got some of the same ones. You just have some of notes. So we make fun of you. And we say, well, you're a redneck because of who you're related to and all these different things. <laughs> and what if you grew up and your dad was a seven-time felon? Right. And that was a reputation you had. And people see you coming and they're like, okay, yeah. See, that's prejudice. Prejudice is alive and well. Whether it's racist or not, it doesn't matter. I didn't mention a skin color just then. It, it, if your mind went to a skin color, eh, you might need to take a look in the mirror. <laughs> I didn't mention a skin color, but that's prejudice. And prejudice isn't necessarily racist. But that's how we tend to function, right? And you don't know. Sometimes you have these certain communities that have, maybe there is a a hard way of of folks coming down. I mean, and we're all hypocrites. Yeah. We're all hypocrites. Mm -hmm. And it's the hand that, I was talking, Mark and Candace and I were talking about this earlier. It's it's, It's a bad hand shaking another bad hand. So what do I mean by that? You got folks in a certain community who have had it bad. They look at the system and they go, F the system. The system hasn't done anything but screw me and my family for generations. So you know what? I'm going to get mine. I'm going to take care of mine. I'm going right. to do it whatever means necessary because the system doesn't give a shit about me. And I'm going to fight the system. And then you have the folks over here who've dotted all the I's, crossed all the T's, checked all the box, filled out the applications, and they're like, how dare that jackass? He ain't doing nothing. He's a deadbeat over there. He's not doing anything. 
Why don't he take some stock in society? Well, because society's never taken any stock in him. Hmm. And so now you got this generation after generation of people. It's a mindset. It's an ideology. I'm not talking about skin color. It's an ideology that says, I can't get above. I've heard it. Boy, you better, you better get above your raisin. Don't act like you're above your raisin, boy. You heard that? I've definitely I, heard I that. I say little country phrases like that, and my wife looks at me like, what in the hell? Now, boy, you don't act like you're above your raisin. Oh, you done got uppity on us, hey? Uh-huh. You, done, you done got out of here. You better come back down. You left the holler and went to the city, and now look at you. <laughs> There's a mindset. There's an ideological mindset that says, nope. This is who we've been for generations. It's who we're always going to be. We ain't getting above this. Boy, we West Virginia white trash. You ain't going to mess with us. I ran liquor. Paul ran liquor. Grandpa ran liquor. I'm going to run some liquor. <laughs> Down Copperhead Road. It's generational. Then you have other folks out there that says, why can't you ever just pull yourself out of this thing? Well, it ain't that easy to do. It, it, you know, it, when you feel like the system's against you, it's hard to get. I've been in those situations, man. I've been in those situations broke, thinking, I can't believe. I, like, I was like, I'm smarter. I'm smart enough. I'm, this is not my lot in life to be where I am right now. I mean, God, <laughs> hast thou forsaken me? You know what I mean? You look at that and you're like, I don't know how to pull myself out of this. What if that was generation after generation and you're sitting there and, and you feel like culture doesn't have any stock in you. The system doesn't. But like I said, we're hypocritical. All of our ideologies just keep pulling those band-aids, those wounds off. Because let's face it, even the folks from this community over here that have had, the, let's say, the privilege, let's say a little more blessing in life, a little more thing, they, they got their ideologies too. And you know what? They got their wounds because they're like, you know what? I'm working my ass off to have what I have and to leave an inheritance for my children. And these folks over here living off the government with a handout on the tit. That's a wound. That is a perception. That is an ideology. And now you're snatching the Band-Aid off and rubbing the wound again. You're exacerbating it. But we're hypocrites. Can I get real? You support Donald Trump, but then Don Jr., Gets on there and puts out some mean-spirited juvenile tweet or on Instagram. I see him do it. I, got, I mean, I, I'll have a laugh at it. He said, but I didn't vote for Don Jr. Okay. Then the president says something offensive. You say, well, I don't like all that either, but I like what he's doing. See what I'm saying? There's, it, why can't we do that same thing when it comes to racial inequality in America? Why can't we separate them? Well, we justify all kinds of things when it comes to things we love, right? Why can't we separate those things when it comes to racial injustice and say, okay, look, I don't, I don't, care, for, I don't care for Black Lives Matter, but I want to listen to the peaceful protests because you have a right to do that. And I'll get out there and march with you. I want to hear what you've got to say. And I don't want to hear this nonsense coming out of pastors' mouths who are sitting there going, I listened to one this morning, white guy. He's like, well, I call my, bro- you know, my brothers and my pastor friends, and, 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 and I'm waiting on him to give me a solution because he's like, I'm hearing all these horrible tales of racism. I'm like, okay, you sound like you're pandering now. What's your point? Well, I want you to just have God, you know, oh, pray and ask God to open your eyes to the injustice. Oh, no, 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 no. I want you to pray. I mean, that's a, that's a very viable thing. I want you to do that. But what do you want me to do at the end of the day? What do you want me to do? Can I speak to that? Yeah, please. It, it's it, the, the, Let me tell you where the frustration level 
rises a little for me. You hear one, uh, fr friends that are black tell you, just don't say anything at all because you, you haven't been there and you don't understand. Then I see protesters, which I witnessed and have on video that says, white silence is violence. Right. So what am I supposed, you know, instead, I just think I know the content of my heart. Right. I know who I am. And sometimes not respond or responding is only going to tender anger because something that I said offended somebody or upset somebody. So I, I didn't, I didn't respond to any of it because yeah. maybe it wasn't my place because at this point I'm not racist and I hate what happened to him. I, I, I hate it. it. We're still trying to decide if that was racist or that guy was just a jerk, you know, and just a POS, yeah. you know, but me not saying something or me saying something you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't it's very frustrating yeah so why can't we just lighten it up a little bit you're right and and and, and, and humble ourselves that's a big thing i was just right. talking to jason butchell who's chief researcher here at the blaze and i said okay was this thing a setup is this a psyop operation was it was this a was this an assassination mm -hmm. or was this just something that happened that was just and he said it's just something that happened that was a random deal a shitty cop yep and it was hey there goes george floyd again they knew who George Floyd was. Right. Probably high on drugs, probably doing his thing. He wasn't a saint. Okay. They're like, that's George again. There's, you know, there's evidence of him resisting the arrest. Now we've seen that video on the other side of the car. We won't get in there. You can hear the guy behind him saying, dude, just get in the car. The, the, his friend saying, just get in the car. He wouldn't do it. There's all sides of it. It's a shitty situation. Yes. No other way to put it. But when I say when I say we start, we can't separate things. Let me let me separate a couple of things for you. Emphasizing that black lives matter is a praiseworthy thing, but not everything black lives matter, the organization stands for, is praiseworthy. I can do that. Peaceful protests can be important vehicles of social change, but I can stand here and say rioting and looting is not vandalizing is not that's not peaceful protest i can say that you want me to be silent on some issues and listen i'll do that but i will not be silent to your point about the things that i know are wrong because you're creating more injustice correct you're creating more injustice you're not helping yourself and i will not fight for that calling social justice calling for social justice that's good calling for defunding the police it's not you know al sharpton he might speak for you but he don't speak for me and i got the right to stand up i will not be silent on those things be right back <laughs> I'm gonna blow your mind, Natalie. I'm gonna blow your mind. I'm ready. <laughs> you got thousands of people out in the streets. They're protesting against systemic racism, police brutality. When I see something like that, if there's systemic racism, if there's police brutality, good on you for protesting. I join you in that. I don't want police brutality. And where there is systemic racism, I will fight it with you. I'll stand with you and fight. Good on you for doing that. All right. That's an amazing, positive aspect. You know why? Because there's millions of people out there who see evil and they're willing to go out there and stand against it. That's a damn good thing. 
Now, if that bothers you, how you know how to, how many times, Candace? You know, you showed that those that montage, that those clips, that collection of clips. Some were from today, some were from the '60s. We look back at the civil rights of the '60s and we see those people marching. And what do we do? We all kind of swell with pride. Many of us. We see Martin Luther King. We see Malcolm X, who is very, very different. I don't ideologically agree with Mark Malcolm X, but I do appreciate some of the things he did and said. Mm-hmm. I look at that and I, you, you kind of like, yeah, good, good on you. Glenn Beck has things all around this studio that remind us of civil rights, Martin Luther King. Everywhere where you turn, because that's a passion of Glenn's, right? You see those things, those reminders that are out there, those signs that are on, hanging on the walls around here. You see those things. Good on them. What if, what if in 60 years we look back on 2020 and we see these things and people say, you know, my heart swells with pride because I see that because you were fighting for something. There are civil rights, folks. You need to look them up. Mm-hmm. People, people do have civil rights. Those aren't given to you in the Bill of Rights. Those are things endowed by your creator, okay? You need to look them up. Everybody deserves to feel like they've got those civil rights. There are people out there by the millions, masses of people, ordinary people who see that there's evil in the world and they want it abolished. I, I applaud that, right? There are people out there of different races, white people, Hispanic people, black people. They're all out there marching together. That's great. I see people kneeling. I don't like it in some circumstances, but you know, kneeling ain't a bad thing. Mm. It's a sign of humility. If that feels, if that helps you feel like you are humbling yourself and putting yourself ultimately under the hand of God and his guidance to create justice, because ultimately that's the only place justice comes from. We need to ask for God's mercy right now. Every one of us, because none of us deserve what's coming, what we, what we're getting that mercy. We don't deserve. So it's not a bad thing. Chill out on that. Ease up a little bit. <clears throat> Here's what I wish would happen, though. I keep talking about that Band-Aid. I keep talking about that Band-Aid that the voices are, you know, we're ripping it off, right. rubbing the wound. What's the Band-Aid? Well, how many of those protesters are out there? How many of us are saying, you know what, I'm part of the problem. I need to fix me. I got to do something about me. I would say 99% of them are not. You know why? We're playing the blame game. That's the Band-Aid. The Band-Aid is the blame. That's our blame. Every time we feel that wound that we got, in our spirit, in our soul, start to fester up a little bit. We feel that pain. What do we do? We grab that Band-Aid and we blame. Who do you blame? Well, you, it's not the injustice you're blaming. You got to blame somebody for the injustice. I feel injustice in my community. Blame the police. Blame the system. Blame Jacob Fry, the mayor of Minneapolis. March his ass out of our deal because he didn't give us the right answer. Right? Blame Donald Trump. Blame Bill Barr. Blame Barack Obama. Blame Hillary Clinton. We're, none of us are innocent in this situation. Why? Because we've got an ideology that has told us to play the blame game. Play the blame game. We don't sit there and go, ooh, you know what? If I took this Band-Aid off and let this wound heal and exposed it to healing things, we might hmm. have some justice. 
This injustice would disappear. The wound would go away because we just keep festering and getting this gangrenous wound <laughs> and we're just covering it up and saying, oh, no, I'm fine until the next person gets shot or the next person has an injustice happen and, 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 and they die at the hands of a cop. Mm-mm. No. Got to blame somebody. Police's fault, military's fault, president's fault, Republicans' fault, Democrats' fault, the whole corrupt system, you know. F the police. And the problem with the blame game is it always ends in violence. You know why? Because the individual or tribe that's out there blaming others, they've got to seek to eliminate the problem. The only way to eliminate the problem is eliminate the cause of the problem. That's your ideology. That's what you're thinking. Well, I just got to eliminate the problem. Why do they burn it to the ground? That's a sign of burning down the system. Why do they turn over the cop cars? Well, I mean, I am seeing atrocious acts of violence in the street that's going on. Committed both by whites and blacks. I'm seeing it all. Why? Because it's the blame game. i got to eliminate the cause of the problem. Because the cause of the problem, it's a person, it's a group they're blaming, then it makes sense. you got to get rid of it. You get rid of the problem, you get rid of the people. And here's the thing. I want to summarize it this way. you got one group that gets blamed and the group is eliminated, right? That's, that's the history of revolution throughout man's history. We've always had revolutions. All through the ages, you get a group that gets blamed, that group's eliminated. Now, the irony of racism at its heart, you blame another racial group for what's wrong with the world, but blaming others for racism perpetuates the exact same mentality in yourself. That's what we see happening. That's why blacks say, well, we, I'm not racist. I can't be racist. I'm a minority. I'm black. No, you are blaming them. You're having a little personal revolution, and in essence, what you're doing is you're creating the same mentality. You're accusing the person that supposedly is oppressing you. You're creating it in your own heart. Instead of gangs of thugs getting together to lynch this member of a minority group like it used to be, now the one accused of being racist becomes the new victim of the mob. Now that person is going to be vilified, excluded, persecuted, and ultimately is going to be killed. That's why you have people out there who aren't racist at all. But you know what? You're conservative. You're Republican. You are a Trump supporter. You wear that red hat. Racist. Are you? No. But I accuse you of that because mm -hmm. the mob switched places now. So that's it. Blame others. Judge others. Get the rage. Get the resentment. Kill them. Fight them. Burn them. Crush them. More injustice. And anybody that's calling for revolution out there in the streets today, remember, I stand with you. Peaceful protest. I'm with you. I'll march with you. But if you're calling for revolution, you need to know that with very few exceptions, revolutions always end in tyranny and terror. They always end in tyranny. Revolutions rooted in resentment always lead to genocide, the gulag, and the guillotine. I'm telling you, folks. And it's it's some crazy world we're living in. So take the Band-Aid off. Go get yourself a mirror. Get in front of that mirror. Stop blaming everybody in society. And it'll take a long, deep look at yourself. And I'm going to say something powerful here that some of you are really not going to like. You ought to look in the mirror and say, you know, at least some part of me is racist. Some part of me is unjust. Some part of me is prejudicial. I mean, it's in there. You know why? Because I know I got a sinful heart. 
Now, I, I can't imagine. I, can't, I mean, I can't imagine. I'm not saying that you condescend to some cause or some activism or some agenda, but you just say, yeah, I'm a sinful person. And somewhere in me, there's lust. Somewhere in me, there's covetousness. Somewhere, I mean, I mean, we know you, Natalie. I just I mean, said I wasn't racist, and now you're telling me a deep down in maybe, my heart. You know, deep down, <laughs> at the end of the day, we're all sinners. Yes. We're all sinners. We're all guilty. Guess what, black person? You got to admit it, too. You got to admit it, too. Guess what, Hispanic person? Guess what, Asian person? Caucasian, whatever color you are, I don't care. We're separated by 0.00016% of a genetic code that changes the melanin of our skin. Everything else is cultural. Everything else. I mean, yeah, our hair might grow out differently. Our skin might have a different feel to it in terms of its texture sometimes. But at the end of the day, we're still human beings. Got to turn that mirror on yourself. Stop blaming the world around you. Radical, boy, I tell you what, it's worth it just to be able to love each other. We'll be right back. I want to give credit where it's due. Um, I I was conflicted last night. I really was. I was laying there in the bed, and I just, you know, the other night I was midnight. I was reading, I was researching, and studying, and just, and I was seeing all these different viewpoints. And I'd read one, and I was like, "Well, I agree with that." And then I'd read another viewpoint, and I was like, "Well, that's different from what I just read, but I agree with that too." So finally, I just screamed out in midnight. I go, "Holy shit!" And Jade said, what? And I said, I'm just so conflicted. I literally physically was conflicted. I told Steve on the ride to the studio, I said, why, why, why do I do this to myself? Like, why do I care? Why can't I just go out there and feed the horses and, you know? I, I, but I do. I care about people. At the end of the day, I care about people. And I want to give credit where it's due. I, I love going over to thestream.org. And some of these thoughts, of course, uh, Michael Brown's one of my favorite authors, but check out a book, Dwight Longenecker. He's a Roman Catholic priest uh, out of Greenville, South Carolina. He's got a book called Immortal Combat. Looks at the problems of rage and resentment and, and things we can do about it. You can check him out, DwightLongenecker.com. Uh, check it out. But I do love you guys. I'm open to thought. I'm open to conversation. Y'all know that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I love differing ideas. We're going to continue to do that here. I, you know, statistically, we can argue statistics. We can argue numbers. We can argue. But I, I'm telling you, you don't have a, a group of people by the millions who all believe a certain way and perceive reality a certain way uh, unless something's there. And the, the perception, it may be just perceptive, but the perception of reality is just as powerful as reality itself. Be careful your ideology, folks. It's not your God. It didn't die for you. It didn't create you. And you're not going to spend the rest of eternity with that ideology. Trust me, for you Christians, there's some things in you God don't want to take to heaven. Okay? <laughs> He's trying to get it out of you. Right? He's trying to get it out of you. So let be willing to let some sacred cows go. Mm. This was all for you, Hot News. I'm taking this it in. This whole show, it I, was for you. Just drinking it. I know. 
<laughs> I know you were. Look at you all dressed up. No, I know. I love everybody. Thank you for watching the show. Do me a favor. Go to watchchad.com. Check us out. Go to blazetv.com slash chad. Sign up. Get your annual uh, subscription to The Blaze so you don't miss out on any of the quality programming. And remember, give us a rating on podcast. Love y'all. God bless. Talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.